we're the software that figures out who is the best person from some large company out there like an IBM or Cisco, who's the most appropriate rep salesperson to talk to you to give you a good buying experience. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. Okay, everyone. Today we have Evan Leong, who is the CEO of Lean Data, which is software that helps you visually manage leads and drive your sales process forward. Evan, how's it going? It's great. Yeah, well, thanks for being here first and foremost. I'm curious just about you kind of personally. What is your background? What is your story? Sure thing. So yeah, I actually started on uh, in my, my career actually in a, a different way. Uh, I started on the other side of the table. I was actually a VC straight out of college. So I actually worked at a firm called Battery Ventures, got that experience really early on and found my passion for entrepreneur actually being a VC during the dot-com bus turning around companies. So we were parachuting to companies and helping them. And I just found out, you know, what I actually like getting my hands dirty, managing businesses and really uh, set my career along that trajectory from there. So I've worked at some bigger companies like Microsoft and eBay. Uh, previous to starting Lean Data, I was a VP and general manager at Caring.com. And it was at Caring where I, I ran into uh, some sales and marketing challenges really around data uh, inside the CRM and saw the pain points firsthand that led me to start Lean Data. Got it. That's so interesting. Where'd you go? Stanford? I went to Stanford undergrad, yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. So you, 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 go to, you go to Stanford, and how does one go to college and straight out just become a VC? It's, it's about timing. Uh, I, I graduated in 2000. Uh, it was during the bubble years. Uh, I was looking at investment banking consulting, and some VC, I had offers, and a VC shop came on, on site, and I was like, hey, let's skip the investment banking, go straight into VC, because I knew I wanted to be part of tech entrepreneurship longer term. Love it. Okay. Great. So uh, lean data, I mean, tell us a little more kind of in, in layman's terms. I, I kind of gave a one liner earlier, but how does it how does it help companies talk to me like I'm a fifth grader? Sure thing. The easiest way I tell the people who don't know anything about the space is basically imagine someone comes to a website, right? Fills out, hey, I want someone I want to talk to someone at the company. We're the software that figures out who is the best person from some large company out there like an IBM or Cisco, who's the most appropriate rep salesperson to talk to you to give you a good buying experience. So um, for uh, for uh, B2C companies, this is fairly straightforward. For B2B companies, it's quite complex. Uh, it depends on are you an existing customer? What type of customer are you? What industry are you? You know, What vertical, what region, what product are you interested? Um, and so that complexity there is, becomes hard for larger B2B companies to manage. And we're the software that does all the data matching, but also the workflows to, to, to deliver that experience. Got it. Okay. So let's say, uh, you know, for us, you know, B2B SaaS marketing agency, as an example, right? Uh, I'm assuming if we're using you guys, then it'll, it'll tell us who's visiting. And I might have this completely wrong, uh, but who's visiting and who the person, right person is to reach out to, right? Yeah, so it's more like uh, it comes in, someone comes in, they're, they're, they're browsing your website, they're, they're looking at a white paper, right? Uh-huh, right. 
uh, and they've downloaded it, but what if it's an existing customer? If it's an existing customer, you want your account management, your uh, customer success team to talk to them, right? Versus a junior sales rep who might try to sell them a product they already have. So that's a product, the problem just happens all the time and it shouldn't. And uh, we help uh, companies make sure those types of uh, experiences don't happen and they deliver the right experience. Oh, that's great. This is like a live sales call right now. Maybe I'll, maybe it's, it's time to buy it. So how do, you guys, how do you guys make money first and foremost and we'll go a little deeper? Sure. Uh, we're a SaaS subscription product, so we basically charge an uh, annual subscription based on a uh, number of uh, uh, sales reps and users that we're helping. Got it. Okay. And then you said, uh, we talked a lot about the numbers a little earlier, but uh, I guess the uh, you have, what, 350 enterprise com- uh, customers right now? That's correct. And how much is the kind of uh, average monthly revenue per customer? Yeah, so today it's probably in the twenty to 30000 range as we are fo- very focused on the mid-market. But uh, like a lot of companies, we're going up-market. So we definitely have six-figure clients uh, who are managing thousands and thousands of reps on, on our system. Got it. Okay, and I'm assuming it's just you're, you're charging, is it on a per-seat basis? Yes. Okay, got it. And, and, and just, just before, uh, you talked about kind of the, the run rate for the company. I mean, or not the run rate, but the, the ARR. How, how are you guys sitting right now? Yeah, we're, uh, we're we're still a little bit under 10 million in ARR, but uh, we're we're definitely uh, uh, trying to. Our goal next year is to double down and getting closer to the the, the 15 to 20 million range. Fantastic. So I, I was doing a little research earlier, and I'll come back to what you just talked about. But uh, you know, lead routing, and it talks about you guys' massive. Uh, I guess the stack that you guys integrate with. So we got built with, we got data nice. Yes, we're outreach sales loft. All these different tools. So how are you using all of that together? Is it just how are you plugging it all in? Yeah, so it's uh, really just trying to give a full stack, uh, enabling uh, we want to eat as much dog food as possible and uh, enabling our sales team to be productive. Obviously, one of the things that we're really passionate about because our tool helps people be more uh, sales more productive is it's making sure that we're enabling our internal reps to do that as well. So um, we have tried to stitch together a tech stack for them that uh, integrates all those pieces so that they can uh, deliver a good experience when our, when our buyers come come knocking on our door. Got it. Okay. Interesting. So I guess maybe it's easier for people to visualize like a story or like a, like a case study where you guys really kicked ass for somebody. So is there anything you can speak to? Yeah. So uh, I'd say a great story would be like a Cloudera. Uh, Cloudera has uh, it's, it's a very fast growing company. Unicorn recently went public, um, and you know they had massive lead volume. So their problem was their sales reps were getting too many leads, uh, and they were wasting a lot of time following up with companies that were just never going to buy from them. And so what Lean Data does is uh, we really were helping them become more account based, which is a popular term these days. And we do that by making sure that when those leads come in, we do a whole bunch of matching and contextualization to determine should. A, SDR rep follow up with them. So what we found of, of the 100 leads that they used to get, actually only 35 of them were relevant. What's in the other 65? And the other 65 are customer leads that they shouldn't be following up with. Partner leads, uh, leads that weren't in their target accounts, uh, leads that uh, were test leads, or leads from uh, the same company that should go to the same rep. And so by taking the 100 leads that they were supposed to spend five to seven minutes on each one to determine they follow up, and only giving them 35 leads, we increased their productivity massively so that they could spend their time focused on sales activities with the right prospects and close more deals. Got it. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. 
So, I mean, for us, I mean, we, you know, right now we're using one tool that tells us kind of who's visiting on the website. I mean, we're getting, I, I guess this is the exact struggle that you guys address. It's, you know, when we see people opting into our email list, it's, you know, Shell Gasoline, Audi, Mercedes, Benz and all these, right? But the tool we have right now, it does not tell us kind of who we should be reaching out to. So you guys are closing the loop there, right? Just so I'm triple checking to make sure that uh, I'm not too dumb. No, 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 a little bit different. It, it, it's you already know uh, in the accounts in your system, right? When those when uh, Audi or Shell comes to your to your, to your, to you, right? And you're about to reach out to them. We're doing a lot of the manual work to figure out uh, uh, whether or not, hey, it's an existing customer. So you might have one person reach out to an existing customer that's different from if it's a brand new prospect and or if someone else is already talking to, to Audi. Uh, let's make sure it goes to the same rep that's already doing that. Does that make sense? Got it. Yep, makes total sense now. Okay, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of the prior. It's not it's not it's not we're telling you who else you should be reaching out from an outbound perspective. It's more of coordinating to make sure the right person, not the wrong person from your organization, is talking to that prospect who has the right context to help them. Right, makes total sense. Okay, great. So I mean. I'm assuming a lot of the stuff you guys did in the beginning to acquire customers, a lot of hand-to-hand combat. So what are you guys doing that's really uh, effective for you guys in terms of customer acquisition today? Yeah, so for us, really, it's around uh, the customers that use us and know us love us. So we have a huge high net promoter score. Customers really like it. And so for us, the channels where we can bring our passionate promoters in contact with our uh, prospects work really, really well. So um, for us, it is hand-to-hand like uh, events, big-time events. We host our own event called Opstars at Dreamforce. So we want to bring industry thought leaders together, promote. uh, We sell to sales ops. And so those guys, if we can get those guys into a room with our customers, they sell for us. How do you track the ROI of, of events? And I'm sure you get this question a lot. Yeah, uh, we, we track it based on pipeline and attribution. We look at how much, which deals were influenced or sourced by those events and help move those along. Uh, sourcing is obviously really int- uh, easy, but influence is, is, is hey, look, uh, th- that deal probably wouldn't have closed if we didn't get that person in touch with from Lars at Cloudera, for example. He helped us move that deal along and convinced them to buy now. Got it. Okay. I, w- I want to back up a second and go back, I guess, may- maybe back back in time a little bit. So your, your background at, at, in, at Stanford, were you an engineer or? Yeah, I was an industrial engineer. Got it. Okay, great. And then so um, you going to caring.com, um, you know, the, the story I read was that you basically you made the business kind of what it is today. And I guess you can maybe speak to what caring.com is and maybe the story around uh, the turnaround. Sure thing. So uh, caring.com is uh, the leading destination site for the elder care space, founded by a bunch of folks who had uh, started Baby Center. So uh, it was a content and community site uh, all around focused around elder care. Uh, I was part of the team at, uh, at a VC firm called Shasta Ventures that had invested in them. So I uh, had made the investment in the company and got to know them. They ended up buying a small site called Gilbert Guide and uh, think of them as like the Yelp for senior care. So they were a directory business. And um, I came in to help run that 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 division and uh, help grow that. Um, and I, it wasn't so much that I, I the company was an existing company, but uh, ended up the content community site didn't grow as much. There's just not as much virality with the con- content and topics in the elder care space. You don't tell uh, when you get pregnant and have a baby or get married. You want to tell everyone about it, right? Mm-hmm. Taking care of your elderly mom, it's not something you scream out on social media. Uh, it doesn't right. quite have that virality. And so for me, I, I built the directory business and the company ended up pivoting and that became their main business. Got it. 
Okay. I, I guess kind of the, the CRM struggles you had over there, the sales struggles you had led to what, what you're doing today, right? Absolutely. So basically I had an inside sales team at caring.com on the directory business reporting it to me. They were on Salesforce. We wanted to increase their productivity. So we bought marketing automation to help nurture the needs. Uh, and as we were integrating those systems, I would just say the data was a complete shit show. Uh, and I had to clean that up, figure it out in order to drive my business. And that was kind of the pain point that I realized that, gosh, a lot of other companies are going to struggle with this as marketing automation or uh, other systems integrate into your CRM. And if you don't manage the data correctly, none of this is going to work. And so that was right. the, the, the initial pain point that, that I identified. And from there, the products evolved based on kind of understanding where, 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 where do our customers really need to uh, use the data more strategically. And so that's how we were the first to finally to account matching. And we've been the best at solving that problem. Yeah, you know, so, so what I'm hearing is, you know, you got to scratch your own itch sometimes. And that's sometimes where the best solutions come from, right? Absolutely. And, and, and I think um, sometimes it, it's a problem that's been around for a long time. But because I, I was a former product manager, I looked at it and was like, hey, I know there's a better solution. And it sounds like a small pain point today. But if we address that, I bet you we can unlock a lot of value and productivity that sits on top of that. And that's the way it's played out. Love it. Okay. So what's one big struggle you face while growing lean data? Yeah, I think it's, it's knowing when to, to scale and when, when to go fast and when to go slow. Um, I think uh, I've made both mistakes. <laughs> so uh, if you if you hit the pedal metal to the metal too early and hire too many sales reps in particular, when you when you quite haven't figured out your messaging, your go to market, your product market fit, uh, you're going to end up spending a lot of money and, and kind of imperiling your business uh, and maybe having to do layoffs, and that's extremely painful. The flip side is if you go too slow, you may be leaving, leaving money on the table. So. Uh, I don't know if anyone who ever gets that right. Everyone, even the fast-growing unicorns, sometimes are just throwing money at it. So Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's a fine balance, but maybe perhaps you've built out some kind of process or workflow to prevent you from you know, going too overboard or too slow. A little bit. Our, our technology certainly helps us a little bit, but uh, I mean, most of going fast and too slow is hiring and, and bringing people on board. Got it. Is there any specific example you can share where it's like, man, I moved too quickly and then, you know, this cost us like six or seven figures? Yeah, I mean, uh, over two years ago, um, we were gearing up for a fundraise, uh, hired a bunch of sales reps. We, we hadn't quite figured out the motion for each rep. Uh, they weren't quite hitting quota at that point in time. And uh, we hired a bunch of reps because, hey, we want to look like we're bigger. Uh, missed our numbers uh, and I had to do layoffs and that sucked. And so we went back, figured out our sales process correctly and then literally uh, quadrupled productivity quarter over quarter. So, but that was painful, right? Okay. So you guys didn't have a full, fully dialed sales process and you just added a bunch of people and then that just kind of compounded on itself and then boom, numbers don't hit and a bunch of people, what is it, 50, 60% of staff or? Yeah, 50% of the sales team. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Well, working towards wrapping up here, I'm curious. You sound like a really efficient person just by the way you respond. So I'm curious. How do you structure your day? I mean, I think the first thing I've compared to a lot of CEOs about, I, I make sure I get eight hours of sleep. So I do get a full night's sleep so I can wake up in the morning, come in, get here early around eight-ish and, you know, uh, make sure that I have an inbox zero, make sure that I've responded to everything and all the major issues and then go through and schedule meetings. But make sure that I, I, I take breaks. And my goal as CEO is to make sure that I'm not blocking anyone else. So most of my day-to-day is making sure that my team or anyone in the company has what they need to meet so that they can do their jobs properly. Love it. Okay. 
what is one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value? So a lot of people have been saying, oh, this Peloton bike is awesome or, you know, Evernote's great. I'll pick one that was added more than a year ago just because I, I like the way they solved the problem. So sure. it was uh, eShares or Carta that they're, they're now called. And they just make managing options, employee options, a lot easier. It's a problem that's been around forever. I just like the fact that it's, it's such a stupid manual process that like paralegals used to do. The lawyers don't even like charging you for it. Uh, and they automated it and made it much more simple. Wow. Never heard of it. Okay, cool. Uh, how, how does that work? How do they charge for that? They charge uh, per shareholder. Uh, but it's a cheap monthly uh, subscription fee. Um, and if you think about it, uh, my lawyers used to FedEx me options like the packages of all the documentation that you would sign by paper and FedEx back to them. Apparently, right? That's that's how it used to be done. I, the first time I got that, I was like, there has got to be a better solution for this. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. Well, that's good. I just got a lot of value from that e-shares. Um, okay. What is one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? Especially for early, early entrepreneurs, I really liked uh, Founder's Dilemma just because I believe in starting a business, it's all about trade-offs. There's not right or wrong answers. It's about the trade-offs you need to make. And that, that book really highlights all the trade-offs you start making uh, at the beginning of starting your entrepreneur journey, all the way to should you take VC money, should you not? Should you start the business, should you not? Do I need co-founders, et cetera? And they give you data that they've compiled. But I like people to think about that uh, as not that don't copy the way I've done it, but think about what is right for your journey and where you are at stage of life. Great. And related to that lo- that note, uh, is there any is there any blog or podcast that you tune into on a daily or weekly basis? <laughs> um, probably. I mean, I, I follow because I'm in the SaaS space. I obviously follow like uh, Jason Lemkin on Twitter. I like some of the notes he writes, and then uh, I'll read Fred Wilson's blog uh, as he has sometimes really some, some insightful stuff on going what's going on in the tech industry. Wonderful. Well, Evan, this has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online? Definitely. Uh, so uh, without a doubt, uh, my website or uh, my Twitter handle at Evan Liang. Uh, at Evan Liang. Sorry, uh, but at E-V-A-N-L-I-A-N-G. So. Got it. Wonderful. Well, Evan, thanks again. Thanks, Eric. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week, and remember to take action and continue growing.